five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. podcast on the internet all right a little uh hall of notes got a weird thing with the green screen today i don't know what's up with that i look a little a little green today i know do you look green today too we got jasper with us the astrological cat hanging out on the show this morning welcome to another edition of 15 minutes of flame yeah yeah he's blinking in and out i don't know what's going on <clears throat> with the green screen let me uh let me see if i can do something here with the green screen say so, yes i have a green screen oh there we go there we go oh yeah now we're now we're looking professional right jasper are you professional cat you are a professional cat. Oh, he's purring today. It's always good to have Jasper back in the mix. You're appreciated here. Sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide roll away. Hey, it's uh, Tuesday. And guess what? It's Hall and Oats week. As, as the yacht begins to make its journey back to the dock, I think we'll be officially over maybe, I don't know, December. <laughs> nah, it's you know, we're gonna go to dark yacht soon. It'll be dark yacht fairly soon because it is getting darker. Yes, it's getting darker outside, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I know. How was everybody? Uh had a nice uh I would say I had a pretty nice day off yesterday. I I did get a fair amount done. And I had a great conversation with David Palmer, who is going to be joining us, of course, uh, in October at the event here in the Hill Country. And so looking forward to that, fleshing out some ideas about uh, things that we're going to do. You know, I'm the mad scientist. I got a lot of, got a lot of plans that um, uh, we're going to put into action and uh, we're going to have a great time. So everybody who's going to be attending, I'm looking forward to seeing you. And you know what? We reached our limit. If you haven't signed up, you can't come, um, which I've never had that problem before, but that's what happens when uh, you bring the Leo King onto the yacht. So uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a really, really good time. I'm totally looking forward to it. And so is Jasper. Jasper, are you looking forward to it? You're not going to be there. I wish you could be there with us. I really wish you could be there. You would freak out, though. Look at that face. Look at that face. It's primal intelligence. 
if you're listening to the podcast, um, welcome to the uh, stream. It's not live, but if you want to be here live, you can come to 15 minutes of flame. That's 15 minutes of flame.com. And uh, we hang out here with the best chat crew. You're a crew now. You see, you see, I did that. You're a crew. The best chat crew on the internet, also known as the uh, SS Chataria. And uh, I'm going to go say hi right now. See how people are doing since it's been, it's been a little bit. Let's see, we had Sunday night. Sunday night was, Sunday was a good show, I think. Covered a lot of ground on Sunday night, didn't we, Jasper? I was going to talk about Aaron Rodgers, and I kind of spaced out. And but uh, I'm gonna we're gonna talk about him today because <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is transforming into a very interesting human, a very very interesting human. And you know I don't like going on to the savior trip. I don't, I'm not I'm not big because. People are people. We're fallible, right? We make really great mistakes. Uh, sometimes we make uh, really great contributions. That's what makes us human. We're, we're not perfect. Um, but when we begin to transcend our limitations and wake up, right, things get interesting. And Aaron Rodgers is probably winding down with his career um, I think he's, what, 38 now? Uh, so he might be able to play a couple of more seasons, maybe maybe two more, 39, 40. I mean, they're, they're obviously Tom Brady. We'll talk about Tom Brady. There is weird shit going on with Tom Brady. It's like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are in these very different directions. Aaron Rodgers is becoming more authentic. And I don't know what Tom Brady's becoming. He's, we'll get into Tom Brady a little bit, but we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers today. We're going to talk about a few other things like we normally do because we uh, sort of navigate through the, the, the channels here um, and um, touch on a number of different subjects. But Aaron Rodgers is at the top of the list. We're going to get into some Aaron Rodgers. You know why? because he's topical. He's very topical. Before I do that, though, of course, I need to go into Chataria. Chataria. Let me let me have a little uh, sit down uh, with uh, Chataria. Say it isn't so. Say it isn't so. Oh, no. All right, who we got? TJ. What's going on, Tomas? There's my man, Ryan. Mark M. Mark M in the house. What's going on, brother? There he is, DJ MC. I love, I love that uh, handle, man. That totally fits you, DJ MC. It's got, it's got a good ring to it. Um, can you guys have the best handles? Uh, we got CC Jones, my gal, Fran. Ah, uh, we're going to miss you, Fran. Wish you could be with us in October. Same with Sony. Hi, Sony. How are you? Hope you're doing well. 
Oh, let's see. Here we do. Here we see. Neo the wise. Neo the wise. Prayers to mitigate much of what's coming. Yep. We're going to be okay. I don't know. I don't know exactly why or how. I mean, I, I just have this feeling we're going to be okay. Is it going to be shitty? Are we going to have to do the Shawshank Redemption? Crawl through the elementary canal, elementary canal of human excrement and waste for a bit. We might have to do that. You know what? We're going to be okay, though. We're going to be okay. The story has a um, righteous ending. All right, who else do we have? Let's see. Say, say, say it isn't so. You can say it's so, Jasper. Cappy Carey, looking forward to seeing you. What's going on? Cappy Carey going to be at the event this year. You get to meet her. Uh, Anna Sophia, the lovely Anna Sophia. She's here at 909. A lot of 909ers. Uh, let's see who else do we have. Lots of lots of greetings. Tips of the cap. Don Renee Hart. How about that? The Leo Queen. Can we call Dawn the Leo Queen? I think she might qualify. All right, see you later. You can come back whenever you want. Oh, he's up on this giant perch up there. Oh, is that where you want to be? Okay. Dawn, the Leo Queen is here. Uh, let's see, who do we have? Uh, oh, hey, Lyle Coyote. Hey, what's going on? You wanted to know where to, hey, give a big shout out to him. Uh, he's one of my Twitter pals. Good to see him. Very cool. Very cool character. Welcome. Uh, let's see. We have uh, Nick, who's, did I see a Nicholas here? Let's see. Did I pass Nicholas up? I might have passed Nicholas up. There he is. Nicholas Grimm. He's going to be at the event. I got plans for Nicholas. I got plans for you, young man. Let's see, who else do we have here? I'm getting so psyched about the event. All right, who else? Oh, hey, Michael Pafford. This is my salute. My salute to Michael Pafford. What's going on, Michael? Good to see the beautiful one, Wendy says, is here. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Oh, yes. We got a good crew today. We got a good crew on the yacht. Let's see who else. Hucklebuck. Buckle up, it's Hucklebuck. 411. On board. Let's see, TJ, until October when the yacht docks. Miss Nakia. Miss Nakia's here. Uh, hey, it's Janine. Hi, Janine. Chad. Gotta have a Chad. Rad Chad. Rad Chad on board. Uh, let's see. Too much yacht. There can never be enough. Never be enough yacht. It's my blue shirt. The blue does a little something. I figured it out, though, right? Uh, got some sun yacht. 
I look a little red this morning, don't I? Did I, I haven't really gotten much sun now. I'm a bit of a hermit, as they say. Let's see, who else do we have? In his dinghy again. <laughs> I am, in, I'm always dinghy, man. It's starting to rust due to moisture, move to the mountains. You know, in human design, they have environments in human design. Like everybody has their environment. Did you know this? Well, you know, since I've studied a little bit of human design to be just a little dangerous, um, this is, everybody has their environment. So for some people, guess what? It's mountains. Some people have mountains as their environment. Some people have markets as their environment. Um, some people have, um, what is it? The, beaches or ocean or something like that you know what mine is caves that's my environment my environment is caves selected so caves selected means there's one way in and one way out so the yacht adventure is the way for me to get out of the cave I just yacht my way out of the cave. All right, who else do we have? I love Hall and Oates. <laughs> this Nikia, sorry. It is Hall and fucking Oates week. It's only really three days because I can't do Hall and Oates on Friday. We have Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Hall and Oates. That's right, the Trinity of Hall and Oates week. Oh my God, Hall Notes. Really, Robert? I think I was the only 80s friend in my circle that didn't buy into their sound. Oh man, except for Hall. Here we go. Let me let me let me just say something about Hall Notes. Hall Notes are fucking great. All right. They're fucking great. And I'm gonna make my case for Hall Notes right now. First of all, you have to go back to their early records. Uh, which are good. They're 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 good records. They 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 really come on with bigger than both of us. That's like a big record for them. I believe Sarah Smile is on bigger than both of us. They would later do a song called Bigger Than Both of Us on the record Beauty Beauty uh, on the Back Street, which I really like. But then you got to go back to I think the most underrated Hall & Oates record of all time, which is War Babies, produced by Todd Rundgren. Now that is a great record. It's like amazing. Total, totally amazing. Is it a star? Even the song War, if you were born in the 1950s, how could you not like the song War Babies? It's got all the cultural reference points. And I'm not even born in the fucking 50s. And I like it. In fact, I love it. Um, let's see, where do we go with Hall Notes after that? There's that, there's that three album phase where they're kind of playing with Yacht a little bit, but they're also playing with like other genres, starting with Beauty on the Backstreet. They're starting to get a little kind of new wavy. Then they hire David Foster to produce Ecstatic, which has some kind of, you know, punchy new wavy tunes on it. 
It's not their most popular record, but it also has, I think, one of their most legitimate yacht tracks. And then you go into Along the Red Ledge, which has Robert Fripp and Rick Nielsen. Like It's like, that's the Hall & Notes art record. And then they go into their 80s sound and the big hits. I mean, how could you not like Hall & Notes? I've made my case. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Dark Yacht, Jupiter's 83-year return. That's right, to fucking Aries, man. Start a World War II. We covered that on Sunday night. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? Uh-oh, Janine listened to Yacht Rock over the weekend. Naughty girl, naughty naughty. Let's see, who else do we have? Uh, you really should do a pay-per-view. You call those yachts? By the way, Chris and Steve is listening. And I did listen to Yacht Dancing, again, by um, XTC. You know I love XTC. As a band, I think XTC is really one of the top five bands of all time. And I would call yacht dancing more like gondola stroking. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong, but yacht, it's not. And I love you guys. And I look forward to seeing you on Saturday, on Friday. That's right, Friday. First Friday of every month, we have the Krimis on, coming off of a uh, rip-in show with Freeman. They'll be with us on Friday. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Kalki has arrived. Yes. Um, let's see. Birdie just woke up. It's okay. We're all just waking up in a lot of ways. SJS, that's great. Your event is so popular. Um, I like meeting like-minded people. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. You know why? Because it's going to be an interesting synthesis of David's people and my people, right? And we'll have the Venn diagram. You know, we'll have the Venn diagram. And we'll all come together in the center of the van. The Pisces Vesica, it's right there. All right, who else do we have? What a great crew today. Julie Sunshine, the big cat lady. Hey, Steve Letro. Steve Letro on a weekday. Uh, I look well rested. Monday off a group. Yes. We were lucky yesterday. Got the heat uh, heat pump fan replaced. Good. It's been a rough summer, man. But you know what's really weird? Even though it's been a rough summer, um, Greenland has recorded like three new feet of ice. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's let, let's let's turn up, you know, all the five G generators, high four G. Let's get into the uh, uh, the scalar waves, the microwaves. In the meantime. There's three new feet of ice in Greenland. How do you explain it? Queen Lisa. What's going on, Queen Lisa? Good to see you. Kelly B is here. Hi, Kelly B. Uh, let's see. Anybody else? Maurice, my man. Maurice, so you guys were down in uh, uh, North Carolina. Weren't you? I bet you had a great time down there. My heart is broken that I can't that I can go. Oh, Kelly. 
So next year, okay, next year we're moving into the uh, Aries Libra eclipses. Oh shit, we're gonna be in a fucking intense. I'm channeling David now. A fucking intense eclipse season next year. Maybe I should work on my my David impression for the event. I think I think I might be able to pull it off. I think. I've watched enough David work. I think there's been some osmotic transference. Um, but next year, okay, so I was down at the hotel months ago securing everything. And Jana, who some of you know, uh, who's absolutely great and has helped us tremendously with the event, she said, and she never really doesn't do this. She says, do you want to reserve for next year already? She's, we're getting all kinds of calls because, you know, the eclipse is happening in October of next year. I'm like, oh, yeah, right. So we're going to have the annular eclipse next year coming right through Kerrville, right through the hill country, because you know why? The full solar eclipse in April is taking the same direct path. This fucking lunar solar eclipse is going to cut right through my living room. The second of the great American eclipses is going to cut right through my living room. So in uh, October, let me see if we can work this out. October, that's when these eclipses begin, and it won't be it won't be a total. It'll be an annular, but it will still be in the same eclipse path. So I've already got that nailed down for next year. So Kelly. Come next year. Yeah, I totally wish uh, Fran and uh, Sony were going as well. Um, the Crimmies, uh, the the Crimmies are holding down the fort. They're holding down the energetic front in Asheville. Uh, let's see who else do we have here. Oh, geez, all the cool people are going to be there. We'll see. You know what? You don't have to be cool. That's the thing. I figured that out in high school. <laughs> you don't have to be cool to be cool in high school. That was my motto. Uh, let's see. Who else? I'm still up for an East Coast meetup. Oh, I'm not going to the event. Oh, right. I'm sorry, Nicholas. I apologize. You are in Minnesota. I've got the, I've got the wrong Nicholas. I So... Welcome anyway. You are in Minnesota. That's right. My bad, Nicholas. I have plans for the other Nicholas. Watch the interview with uh, Aaron and Aubrey Marcus talking about their... I, I'm not a big ayahuasca guy. Uh, that's not my thing. Hi, Kylie. I'm not, I'm not a big ayahuasca guy. But I understand and respect a person's journey into awakening i would have been an ayahuasca guy back in the 90s that was my was one of my bucket list things hey i wanted to go to the amazon and go drink some ayahuasca but then everybody started to fucking do it i'm like i don't want to go not into it blue is my color blue blue is we are moving into the fall tones though i'm gonna have to get into the uh the rust colors here fairly soon 
Uh, I tend to be more content in the mountains, but I do like salt water. I like ocean. I, you know, my environment is shores and natural. That's it. So Anna Sophia, that's her environment. Shores. It's short. You got, you got shores, you got mountains, you got markets, and you got caves. I'm a caveman. I'm a caveman. I'm an O positive caveman. I'm a Cro Magnon. Maybe next year. Yes. You got to come for the eclipse. You, you got you to gotta come for the eclipse next year. Uh, Tom puts up a nice link there. I like human design. I think I think there's a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of benefit to human design. I do think it's a little culty. Sorry, just being upfront about it. A little culty. Especially when Rob was alive, it was really fucking culty. Really culty. There's something so... There's an orthodoxy with human design, at least there was, that I found a little disturbing. But there are some good um, kind of keys and guides to navigating your life. When I found that I was a projector, it made total sense. Like being invited to something is always better than me just striking out on my own. Whenever I struck out on my own and tried to do something, it didn't always work. And I would bang myself, you know, bang my head against the wall and get really frustrated and pissed off. Like, why isn't this working? Why isn't this working? Why, you know, and then I found out the whole invitation thing and I, and I hated it. It's like, fuck the invitation. Fuck that. Why do I have to fucking wait to be invited? It just seems so passive. But then I began to understand it more, and it's actually been a life-changing uh, principle for me. Because in order to get an invitation, you have to cultivate something to be invited for. I mean, that's how it works. So it's been helpful for my own <clears throat> mental health and psychology, because if I was going to be really dark all the time, who would want to invite me? It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to invite that guy? He's a fucking downer. All he talks about is doom and gloom and the end of the world and dystopia. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some people who dig that, and I could get invited into those circles. But I thought to myself, you know, in order to cultivate invitations, I need to create a space inside of myself that is invitable. Like, hey, let's invite this guy. Let's invite. Yeah, I think he'd. I think he'd be good to have on our show or at our event. So that's what I've been. It's actually been healthy for me. It's kept me from going completely dark. That's one. That's one of the main things about human design that has been um, something successful that I've been able to apply to my life. There are many other things, uh, but uh, that one in particular. All right, who else do we have? CC Jones, I like hollow notes. You know, Fran, I knew there was a reason that you and I like this. I like this. I love to tell the story about when I when I met Fran last year uh, at the event, and it's it's it was one of those event like stories, but 
a story that, you know, when you're connected to a person, there's a thing, right? So <laughs> I went out to my car. She's there. She's at the event. I went out to my car and I, I was thinking about fantasy football and I wasn't playing fantasy football and I, and I was really relieved because it takes up so much of my time. And I don't get me wrong. I like it. It's like a strategy. It's like a game. It's like you're playing against other people, but you're also dealing with variables, players, schedules, all this other shit. But when the COVID stuff came in, it was just like, I can't fucking play this. It's like this, this motherfucker tested positive for COVID and I can't play him this week. Please give me a break. So eventually I, I, I moved out of family. I think we won like a big pot one year. It, so this was my plan. My buddy who I played fantasy football with for years, great guy. There was a period back in the 2010s, he loaned me some money and, and I had to pay him back. So, and it was, you know, it was pretty, it wasn't like a huge amount of money, but it was enough. So I, you know, I pay him back over time and I'm like, okay, I'm going to make one final killing on fantasy football and I'm just going to give it to him. And that's what happened. We, we went out, we won, we won the championship. And I said, you just keep it. We're good now. Right. He says, yeah, we're good. So um, I do miss it a little bit, but I had, I had the, this idea that I'm not playing fantasy football and I'm happy that I don't have to devote all that time trying to figure out who's fucking injured. Right. Like I would get so granular. Like I would go, if there was a player that I had that was like borderline hurt that I needed to play, or I needed to find out if his backup was going to play, I would go into the local newspaper of that city I'd find a columnist. I'd actually send the columnist questions. Like I try to, I try to understand like, Hey, you cover the team. Can you tell me like what's, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that's done that, but that's how I'm a Scorpio rising. So that's how obsessive I got with uh, fantasy football. And um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I was out in the parking lot and I was thinking about, it. I was getting something in my car. And there are these guys, they're called the fantasy footballers. They're actually pretty funny. They've got a, uh, a show on YouTube. It's like massively watched. They get hundreds of thousands of views. And they have this event every year called the Megalodon. And I have no idea what that event is, but they talk about it like it's a really big deal. So I'm in the parking lot and I'm thinking about fantasy football. And my, my mind goes to the Megalodon. It just pops into my head. And then I go back into the event. And then I run into Fran, Cece. And she pulls me aside. And she wanted to get me something. And she gave me, I don't have it on me right now. Um, I think I have to get the, the hoop replaced. I think it broke. But um, in fact, I know it's, it's uh, on my nightstand. I do need to get it replaced. Uh, so she she takes this like petrified megalodon tooth out swear to god and it's on a uh, a cord and she's she's a deep sea diver and she had found this megalodon tooth i think in a deep cold river or something i think that's the 
Sure, she'll let you know in chat. So she gives this to me, and it's this megalodon tooth. And I swear to God, five minutes before, I'm in the parking lot thinking about the fantasy footballers and this megalodon event, right? That's when you know you're connected to somebody. When you have <laughs> megalodon pop into your head, and then five minutes later, somebody hands you a megalodon tooth. That was awesome. So Nicholas, here's his caves. Yes, gotta love the caves. I can't go either. Seems only a few from this chat are going. Now there's there's a lot of people who um, aren't on the chat that are going. They're just not here. Um, but they're I think I think it's about a fifty maybe maybe sixty forty maybe sixty David forty forty me. Uh, let's see who else do we have here. Pining for the fjords. Now Todd Rundgren in Utopia, top the eighties. I'm a big Todd guy. There's one person from the music world I'd like to interview that I've never interviewed. It'd be Todd. Todd is Todd is God, as they say. Um, I stop on my tracks and you start uh, the music. Yay, good. I love it. Tom Brady was anointed golden boy here in New England, bringing the Pats glory so many times. Hi, SJS. What are we going to call Tom Brady now? He, he was the golden boy in New England. He's looking like the golden droid now. Music porn. <laughs> um. Namath era Jet fan. I like Joe Namath. Could you imagine that like, Joe doesn't drink anymore? He gave up booze. But could you imagine sitting down with Joe Namath for a couple of hours in a no holds barred, unrecorded conversation and, <laughs> and listen to some of his stories? I bet you Joe Namath has some of the greatest stories ever. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? The event will change the course of the universe with all that positive energy. You know, I had a really interesting conversation with Masaki yesterday. So not last year, but two years ago, we did a ritual at the event. And <laughs> how I came up with the ritual was, was quite funny. It was quite a funny um, story. I'll, I'll tell you the story. We're all adults here, right? So this was back when I was living in the other place with the wonderful tree that we all miss so much. And um, the event was, you know, on its way. And I'm, I'm thinking, okay, I got to do some shit. I got to do some shit. And there's this place in Kerrville called uh, the Stonehenge of Kerrville or the Stonehenge of the Hill Country. It's like a, a mock model of Stonehenge. And then they have a couple of the heads that look like they're from Easter Island. You know, they look like Easter Island heads. They're, it's, a, it's a very unusual place. But the eclipse is going to go right over that Stonehenge of the Hill Country. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'll say this. All right. So one day... I'm in my bedroom at the uh, at the old place, 
and Dr. Joan was there and, and I was standing around in the bedroom and I was naked and I was just kind of like, you know, going off into like the naked, the naked idea space. And I said, you know what? We're going to have a ritual at the Stonehenge of the hill country. And I kind of mapped it out of my head in the bedroom naked. That's where it started. And I, I even did some kind of weird narration around it. So then we went there, we checked it out. And then I actually found, like I got my little compass out with my phone. I found out, you know, what degree this was coming from the East, what degree this was going into the West or trying to find the right gate to, to enter and exit. So we did this ritual and it was a mask ritual. It was a Janus ritual. It's exactly what it was. And um, I got these <laughs> masks from, I think Amazon, I think, I think that's where I got them. And there are these white, I think I still have some, these white masks and they're masks that you use to actually like create new masks, like feathers and all kinds of shit, right? But these were just white and there were holes for the eyes. Um, you could breathe through the nose, but there was no, like your, the mouth was closed, right? So we had these and the idea was to walk into and most people did. I think Chris guessed it. I think Chris knew that's where we were going. I think she's. I think she was the only person that guessed it. But we went there, and then people walked into this Stonehenge thing, and um, and then uh, Joan was there, and she was giving, handing out masks to people as they walked in, and we all. Had, it was like Logan's fucking run or something like that, right? So we did this little thing inside this Stonehenge. And then we exited out the other side. And then when you exited, you took your mask off. Because this was a time when everybody was being asked to wear masks. It was at the height of mask mania, mask tardia. So I said, well, I'm going to do a ritual so that we can um, accelerate the removal of the mask. It also, it was at the beginning of the event. And it's kind of like, okay, we all have masks. I mean, let's face it, we all have masks. And it was like, put the mask on and then take the mask off. Now you're maskless, now you're here, theoretically. So I was talking with Misaki yesterday who is having a dimension ripping experience at this time in his life. And he told me, now whether or not I can embrace this, I'm not entirely sure, only because I do have a little skepticism in my veins still. He told me that I changed the timeline with that ritual. And I don't know if that's true or not. Jasper, did we change the timeline? I don't know, but it was cool. And maybe maybe we did. Maybe we did. Uh, let's see. Maybe David will meet his future wife at the event and settle down in Texas. He wears his heart in his sleeve. Uh, in his YouTube. I know he does. I mean, that's one of the reasons why people love David. I mean, he's just bleeding. So the plan is, is that David will bring his squeeze to the event. Yes, David does have a squeeze. We'll see how that goes. I don't think, I don't think there's enough water in Texas for David. He does that jet ski thing, right? 
he's like competitive jet ski. He's got a Mars Saturn conjunction in Scorpio in his midheaven. So that's the water competition, right? I think Texas might be too dry for David. Um, I'm so over intense. Give me peace and quiet. I know. That's why I've been doing the yacht. Do a mid-year event. I got some other ideas for events coming. Equicenter from the back row. Yacht we, yacht we anagrams for hollow notes. No stall ahead. And hail to Sandal. I like no stall ahead. Reuters is confirming breaking news. Taiwan's military on Tuesday fired warning shots at a Chinese drone, which buzzed an islet controlled by Taiwan near the Chinese coast. Well, here comes the Jupiter return of World War II. We talked about that on Sunday. Uh, few humanity. I doubt Dave will ever come to Texas. Last Friday on full disclosure, David said that everyone should leave Texas and Florida immediately. Yeah, I don't know that he would come here also because of the, the lack of water. You know, if, if you think about it, and I, I, you know, I'm here, whatever. It's weird being here because I'm not, I'm not from here. Um, does this place feel like home? I would say no. It's not like, you know, all these Texans have invited me over to barbecues and um, you know calf 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 wrangling or um you know shotgun shooting I, I don't get invited to shit here i don't get a lot of invitations from the locals let's put it that way i'm here because i moved here from california because the uh, the ex got a job here and uh you can't leave the state with a kid unless you're other ex that would be me consents so because i wanted to be with my kid and i was kind of over california at the time i said okay i'm good let's go i've been to austin i like austin i've had some good times there so that's where we went and now i'm out here in hill country which is lovely it's a lovely place and people leave me alone for the most part i would say but does Texas feel like my home? I don't, it's not like, ah, oh, gee, man, I feel I found my home. I don't know about that. I don't know if I've ever found that though. Some people have like, you know, I think the Crimmies, I don't want to speak for them, but I think the Crimmies in, in um, Asheville feel like their home. I feel like that, that, I mean, maybe it was more their home when people were a little more friendly and less polarized, but uh, um, you know, there are certain people, they love where they live. And it's like, they wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. And I, and I'll tell you, there are people, and I don't understand this, by the way, but there are people who grow up, they're, they're born, they live, they're born, raised, grow up and live in the neighborhoods that they've always been a part of. And they have these allegiances and they have names for their, their neighborhood or their blocks or, you know, and there are people that are like that. And they have this fierce loyalty to the place that they were born and live and grow up in. I've seen it. Like I've, 
I've seen a lot of that. I've never experienced that, to be honest with you. I have never had that experience. I don't know what that's like. Because number one, I've moved so many fucking times in my life. And I don't think there's any one place where I settled in and it's like, well, this place is feel. And even when it did feel like home, it, I was on the move. Like that, it was like, okay, here you go. Like I lived in La Honda for a while. And La Honda is on the way to the coast in California. It's kind of in between uh, like Palo Alto, Woodside, where you got to go up over the hill. You got to go past Neil Young's house and then drop down into this valley. And that's where Ken Kesey and the electric Kool-Aid acid test started was in La Honda. And I used to drive by the old Ken Kesey house all the time. And there was a period of time in La Honda where I fucking dug it. Like there was about a two year period where if this could be my life for a decade, I would be thrilled. I'd be absolutely thrilled because I was close to the ocean. It was great. Um, but we would still get some sun and some heat while the ocean would be foggy. Every now and then the fog would come in. There were a ton of um, redwood trees there. I used to live in this place where it was like your grandmother's cottage. I had a deck and we had these massive redwood trees right outside. And, and I remember I had like a bench press on the deck and um, I would do bench presses. Like I'd go out and I'd run in the morning and I'd come back and I'd do bench press. I'd be looking straight up into this fucking giant redwood. I mean, that was, that was great. And then I had a, you know, a cool, it wasn't a great car, but it was a, it was a um, Nissan 280ZX anniversary model. It was fucking cool. So when you go from La Honda to Redwood City where I was working, all these switchbacks and stuff and it was like i had the great car for it i had the great tunes great stereo i'd stop at robert's market get an espresso and a goat milk yogurt like life was fucking good in that place i used to hang out at this biker bar meet all these weird people that was i mean that was a good time and then it ended all right i'm on the move again let's go to san diego so even times when I would find a place that kind of felt a little like home, I was, I was gone. It was like, okay, door closed, chapter over. It even happened in Point Richmond when I was living there. That was a cool place. I love Point Richmond. Loved it. And I could basically, in fact, I loved it too much. I could walk to all the bars. <laughs> that, was, that was a little too much love. A little, too, But I loved it. It was great. Um, great memories but then I was gone it was like you know okay you're on the clock time to go to Texas so I've had these temporary moments where I've had a cool place but it's nothing like oh man this is it I'm home wow I'm home these are my people this is my land right and some people have that some people have that and if you have it count your blessings if you have a place where the people around you are like your family and you have some relationships that you've nurtured and, and, um, and grown over the years, um, like give thanks for that. Not everybody has that. And it may be a little boring, I guess, but it gives you, it gives you roots. It gives you roots. And then the people that you grew up with, your kids grew up with their kids. It's a beautiful thing, I think. I've never experienced it.
and may, and maybe maybe I'm over projecting, but and over sentimentalizing it. But it sounds to me like a beautiful thing coming from somebody who moved all the time. All right, who else do we have here? Hey, speaking of home, the Gucci to Goder. What's going on, Jake? Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? What a great group. Kelly B, what's going on? She had a work thing going. How could how dare you have a work thing going on? How dare you? This is this is more important than the work thing. Oh, uh, let's see. I'm just picturing 60 hashtag 30 something single ladies with David at his DJ event in my way off? Probably not. Probably not. David's a rock star. He's a total rock star. I'm sure there'll be a lot of starstruck people there. Um, let's see. Hey, there's Steve. Thor at the door. What's going on, Steve? I better watch my beak today. Ah, no, let your beak stick out. He said that everyone who does live in Orange County, California is fucked. He said Texas are about to go blue and it's going to be a war zone. I don't think Texas is about to go blue. I don't think it's about, if you lived in Texas, Texas is a weird place because obviously there are these uh, very liberal pockets. Austin super, you know what's weird about Austin? is that the mayor, Stephen Adler, was out there and incredibly visible during COVID. Like there wasn't a day where I didn't see fucking Stephen Adler on a, a feed somewhere. I haven't seen that guy in a year. Like is he, does he still exist? I have not seen Stephen Adler in like a year. That's really weird. And if it's a war zone, hey, bring it on. Because, you know, where is there going to be peace on earth over the next two to three years, unless we have an absolute divine intervention, which is possible. Eventually, it's going to come to you. Whether it comes to you directly or indirectly, it'll come to you. So you may, you may, you may as well strap it on. Right, you may as well strap it on. Uh, Orange County, I love Orange County. I really dig Southern California. It's such a different vibe than Northern California. And I've lived in both places. All right, who else do we have? Bring it on. Maybe's here. Hi, maybe. Hope that he's wrong about that. Well, you know I love David. But he said that um, that he might not be too wrong about this. Maybe his timing was a little off. But he said that uh, Joe Biden was going to die within 30 days. I don't think it was 30 days, but probably more like 90 days. And I'm not even sure we're dealing with the whole Biden thing is such a weird enigma. Um, deep fake Biden, clone Biden, replacement Biden. Oh, God. It's like, you know, pick your poison with Biden. 
So, you know, it is what it is. You'll be where you need to be. Wherever you need to be, you'll be. It's all based on your consciousness, your choices, your aspirations, your fears, um, your thought forms, wherever you're, you could be, and, they, and they've shown this, right? They've shown this with, what is it like? Um, I think, okay, where did I see this? It was, if you believe, if you believe in the whole viral theory, right? Like they've done these viral maps where they have like these theoretical contagions that spread and that there are actually pockets where like they don't exist. So it could be, it could be like a 360, right? And you could be in the middle of this thing for whatever reason, nobody in that area gets sick. I mean, I've seen stuff like this and I've seen where places like California where they have the dew fires and all these fucking houses are just ash. And then there's one or two houses that there's nothing, right? Like, I think there's something to that. There is definitely something to that. Now, did you want to be one of those houses that became ash? No, you wouldn't want to be one of those houses. I just think it's a byproduct of your thoughts. And, and you can really think things through and say, okay, this is where I'm going to be. And all this is going to happen in these places. And again, I'm not disputing David here, but then you could go to that place that you think is safe. And you just never fucking know. You, you never know. It could be the safest place around you. And the next thing you know, you got to blow out with your tire and you know, you're, you're doing a, you know, a, a 360 roll in your car and it's the safest place in the world you know, theoretically, but you just never know, right? You just don't fuck. Now, do you want to be in New York when the shit hits the fan? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. And, you know, by the way, what are we living for? That's the other part of this. What are we living for? I mean, let's say this whole thing goes completely off the rails. And by the way, that is not out of the question. That is totally not out of the question. If it goes off the rails, this thing is going to be global and there are going to be some pockets that are going to be hit harder than others. Let's just be clear about that. But at some point, at some point, everybody will have to deal with it. And I mean everybody. And then on the other side of it, because there is another side of this thing, maybe you want to be in a place where you're in a pocket and you're on the other side. But if you're not with people, it's really, it was interesting. I was... um do you guys know who Keith Woods is? I was listening to Keith Woods last night. I really like Keith Woods, although every now and then he gets a little too black pilly for me. But he was talking about these two models of what happens when the world ends. And he was talking about two, two books. One is The Road uh, by Cormac McCarthy. If you've ever read the book or seen the movie, you know it's pretty bleak. And that's a, a Hobbesian view of the universe where once all the um, social norms get wiped away, meaning that there are consequences for one's actions, uh, once those things are wiped away, there are, there are uh, no amenities, there's, there's um, you know, basically no services, that people descend into a uh, cannibalistic and tribalistic um, series of behaviors. 
very dark, every man for himself, right? I mean, that's the, that's the story of The Road. And he talked about this other book called The Tribe, where it's the opposite. And it's a, 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 a scenario where there, there is a disaster, um, there is destruction, but when that happens, the better parts of our nature kick in. And then people pull together and they wind up creating something that's viable and humane, right? So these are two very <clears throat> different and distinct parts of the potential of what can happen. And by the way, both of these can be equally true. And I think he gets into the uh, psychology of a guy by the name of Emile Durkheim when it comes to this idea that when humans are faced with uh, calamity, um, catastrophe, that they pull together. That there's something innate and tribal about the human spirit in that way. So I think both things can be true. I think they can both be true. I think we could live in a world where there's the road and the tribe. Mars and Gemini, there you go. Um, the thing about Florida, here's, here's my, own, my only concern about Florida is that you've had all these people that have moved down there and you have DeSantis. By the way, Ron DeSantis, he is such a fucking shill for Israel. I went through his Wikipedia page. And some of this, like, let's say you're a Palestinian company and you have products from the West Bank. We'll say olive oil. Um, instead of recognizing that it came from the West Bank or it came from Palestinian hands, he actually passed a bill in Florida that says any product from the West Bank will be labeled from, from Israel, right? Like he's just, he, and he said, I am going to be the best governor Israel has ever had in the United States. So Ron DeSantis, who's basically making his run, his presidential run, everything, all of his speeches now are presidential. Uh, Ron DeSantis ultimately is serving two masters. You can't really serve two masters now, can you? Uh, but let's say, for instance, Ron DeSantis runs for president in 2024, and he wins. You know, he he fucking beat Andrew Gillum by what, like one percent of the vote or something. It was that tight. It was one of those races where you're like, oh, yeah. Did they actually make it that tight so Ron Boy could uh, just agree to whatever he needed to agree to? Quite possible. But let's face it, if Andrew Gillum was governor of Florida, he would have been owned too. It's just the name of the game. But, um, but let's say DeSantis does, does run for president. That means you have to have a different governor, and they could flip that shit. They could have a Democratic governor easily. And then guess what? He undoes everything in DeSantis. Because Florida has a history of being blue and red. It flashes. Texas, on the other hand, uh, red 
red, but you have you have Beta lurking in the background, and you just can't trust that fucker. He almost beat Ted Cruz. Another one percent vote, almost beat him. And I'm no Abbott fan, but Beto Beto would definitely if, if Beto got elected or they threw the vote or whatever whatever happens. Um, this state would be in an open revolt against him. It would get ugly. They would use a January 6th narrative on Texas. All right, who else do we have? Uh, Dave was telling everyone in Europe they should flee immediately. Where are they going to go? Where are the Europeans going to go? Again, I love David, and Europe is fucked. They're fucked. I mean, the energy crisis that's awaiting Europe in the in a few months is going to be catastrophic. So, the amount of money, and I talked about this on on the Friday show with Russ. The amount of money it's going to cost um, the average. Brit to heat their home is going to be around 1500 pounds a month. They can't afford that. They cannot afford that. So what are they going to do? They're going to turn their fucking heat off or they're going to have it on at certain times. Maybe during the day at night, they'll turn it off and they'll sleep under six blankets or something like that, which, you know, may not necessarily be a bad thing, but Europe is going to have an energy catastrophe, but where are they going to go? Where are they? Going? Why don't we send them all to Orange County? There's no place to go. No place to, I mean, maybe if you live in some remote region of South America, like maybe you live somewhere in the Pampas in Argentina, like you'll be okay. Or, or maybe you live, you'll live someplace in the Amazon, maybe you'll be okay. I don't, you know, maybe if you live in a shithole city like Santa Domingo uh, in uh, uh, the Dominican Republic where there's more anarchy and chaos and there is order, maybe you'll be okay, but where are you gonna go? If you're a European, where are you going to go? Canada? Mm, that's not happening. Mexico? The Mexicans are starting to get really pissed that a lot of the gringos are showing up. They're like not happy about it. All these Americans now are moving to Mexico City. They're not happy. Where are you going to go? Or some place is going to be look. If you're a European, if you're listening to this and you're in Europe. You better fight for your fucking heritage and your land, okay? You better fight. You better fight because the fight is coming to you. The fight is coming to you in Europe. I promise we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. But the fight is coming to you. I, I watch all those videos of all these people that they are bringing into England. They're bringing them into, and they have been bringing them into Italy. They've been bringing them into Spain. They've been bringing them into France. England is the one you got to pay attention to. And I see them get off their rafts and their masks. And 
you don't see any women, never see any women. They're all young men. They're all fighting age. And the latest batch that's being dropped off in England are Albanians. And you've already got a shit ton of people from uh, Sub-Sahara, Africa, uh, the Middle East. I mean, Europe is, England is under an invasion. And I talked about this with this gal who is one of my Twitter, Twitter uh, pals. And she's from England and she was talking about this. I think she brought up the, the photo of the guys in the raft. They're Albanians. And a long time ago, I can't remember if it was a Nostradamus prophecy or it was a prophecy of somebody else that I had read. This was a long time ago. And I think I'd read this prophecy in the 90s. And you guys are smart. Maybe you can figure this out. But the prophecy was that Islam would invade Europe and they would invade Europe in rafts. And I thought to myself at that time that it was silly, right? Like in my head, I thought these rafts are going to have outboard motors. And what are they going to do? Like mount a machine gun to the front of the raft and you're going to have an armada of rafts, you know, come in and invade Europe. Like that's how I interpreted that. And looking at it from this position now, um, it gives the whole raft thing a completely different meaning than picture. Completely different. It's like, yeah, Europe is under invasion. And it's under invasion by soldiers in rafts, just like we're under invasion in this country through the border, the open sieve of the border. We've had over a million people come into the country this year. Let's say conservatively, 10 to 20,000 of them are armed and or dangerous, right? That's 10 to, 10 to 20,000 occupiers, sleeper cells that are in this country. That's what we're talking about. That's what we're dealing with. But if you're in Europe, where are you going to go? That, that's your, that's your, this goes back to the thing with the home, right? You grew up there. You grew up on a certain block. That was your your place, your people, your memories, your land, your history, your culture, where are you going to fucking go? Are you going to come here? What about, you going to go to Africa? Where are you going to go? South America? Russia? You going to go to Russia? Think the Russians will have you? You'll be a meat grinder in Russia. Look, if you're, if you're, if you are where you are, and your fucking life and your way of life and your history and your ancestry mean something, you better fucking dig in. You better fucking dig in and fight for the things that you love. When it comes down to that, you better fight for the fucking things you love, like your life and your wife's life and your kids' lives depended on it. Because wherever you go, there's going to be no solution unless you get outside the fucking ice wall. You get outside the ice wall and you might have a shot. Good luck. And I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not taking David to task. I understand where his heart is. 
And he's right. He's right. The European Union was created to ultimately bring as many entities together so they can detonate them all at the same time. That's why it was created. All this intercontinental trade, you know, tariff bullshit was just, you know, an excuse. That's why it was created. Where are you going to go? At some point, at some point, you have to make a stand. You have to make a stand. At some point. No, you might beam out and hit another timeline and none of this is happening. That's possible. That's totally possible. But if you're not, when the shit hits the fan, you're, you're going you're gonna to have to stand up and be counted. It's the bottom line. Bottom line. Now, can we change what's happening? Can we change the future? Can we change the outcome of things? I believe that based on your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, your interactions with other people, right, that we do have an opportunity to alter things, that we do have an opportunity to place ourselves in positions that are more optimal than not. That's the navigational process. If you go by that navigational process, you'll be where you need to be with the people you need to be with. That's the bottom line. And if you allow yourself to be drawn to something that you love even better, truly love, you know, um, who was the, uh, the channel? What was that channel's name? Oh, fuck. It'll come to me. I'm having, I'm having a senior moment with the channel. Um, hold on. Now I got to find it. You guys will probably find it before I will. Here we go. Hold on one second. Give me one second. Oh, this is funny. Oh, Jennifer Aniston has a new channel. Channels Jesus. Let's see. You know, I was really into the whole channeling thing back in the 80s. Uh, but then I, I grew tired of it. It was a thing in the 80s, especially the early 80s. Um, give me a second. And I, and I know you guys have already come up with it. All right, here we go. This is exactly what I'm looking for. Exactly what I'm looking for here. Give me a second.
What? I can't find it. All right, hold on. Let me go back through this. Esther Hicks. Right, Esther Hicks, who is a Pisces born March 5th. And then I guess uh, Jerry, her husband, passed away. Uh, March 5th, 1948. Abraham. Shows you how important Abraham is to me. Um, but there's one thing about Abraham that I thought was interesting. There were a couple of things about Abraham I thought was interesting. I went to an Abraham event one time, which I talked about. Because a friend of mine was into Abraham. He said, I'll buy you tickets to the event. It was an, it was an interesting experience, to say the least. But in, in, in the whole Abraham philosophy, there's this thing called forking off, right? Forking off. And the philosophy around forking off is to find something um, that you like. You just like it and you naturally are attracted to it. So you fork off in that direction and you just keep forking off, right? You fork off, you fork off, you fork off. And it's that inner guidance system that allows you to be attracted to things that are um, akin and aligned to your spirit. I think it's an, it's an interesting concept for sure. Um, I think it, it's probably ruined a bunch of marriages. Um, you know, we could probably do a whole show on that, but there's something to that. And, and I do think that in a situation, in a time where you do feel like you have to leave a place, I think the forking off uh, technique might be helpful. All right. Fucking show's almost over. We got to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Let's get into Aaron Rodgers a little bit. I do this now. I just like, I start talking about certain things. You guys, you guys get me talking about things. And then I wind up losing sight of the time here. Here, let's do this too. Jeanette's uh, fundraiser is kicking ass. She's at $7,708. And she's gotten some checks. So she's almost there. She's almost ready to go toe to toe with these Cretans in the hill country. Um, all right, Aaron Rodgers. Let me, let me go back to Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers. Here, let me just do a quick... visual here he was on joe rogan recently and um let's just do a quick uh aaron Rodgers and, and joe rogan visual uh this is from the acmepackingcompany.com i guess this is the packers website so let's do a quick uh, visual of aaron and joe together there they are aaron Rodgers smoking a cigar um, which is interesting, to say the least. Um, so he and Rogan are getting into the whole COVID thing. And Aaron Rodgers decided that he was going to not get the shot. He wasn't going to get the injection. So what he did, and I talked about this on Sunday night, was he went through a homeopathic process uh, that 
one of his healing people suggested to him. And um, so he went through this and he told the league and he told the media that he was immunized. Now he's been called out for lying. He misled the media. He even said he misled the media. Like, is the media your fucking friend? And, and he said something really interesting on Joe Rogan. He said that there are guys in the media that if they needed a quote or they needed a last minute guest, I always made myself available. I was always there for these guys. And none of them are there now. Like all the people that in that area, in the Green Bay area or in the NFL network area, the people that he made himself accessible to, not a single one of them has stepped up and talked about um, his bravery or courage. The only guy that's talking about it besides Rogan is Pat McAfee. Well, two guys, Pat McAfee and Jason Whitlock. They're the only two. So Aaron Rodgers went through this whole thing. He gave the NFL 500 pages of documents. And they said, nope, not enough. Right? Not enough. So Aaron Rodgers, if you're familiar with the movie Rollerball, Aaron Rodgers is becoming the Jonathan E. of the NFL. That's who he's becoming. He went to South America. Um, he did a couple of ayahuasca trips. Apparently, he's got a, a new girlfriend who goes by the name of Blue, B-L-U. And I think she sees his potential. She sees that this is a guy that is, like, hooked up and can be a change agent. I don't like putting people on pedestals. I just don't. I think it's, I think it's unhealthy. But it's interesting watching Aaron Rodgers. And he got this tattoo, which is really interesting. And I put it up on the, uh, the website last night. Not the website, but the um, Telegram. I did a little thing on the Telegram. And let me, uh, let, me, let me do this tattoo here. Let me show you this tattoo that Aaron Rodgers got. Now I'm becoming so conscious of the time. I apologize for taking so long to get here. But you guys got me going on the Texas in the place thing. All right, check this out. Come on. Come on. Come on, come on, come on and do it. Come on and do what you do. Here we go. Check out Aaron Rodgers' new tattoo. Check that shit out. Look at that. Now, that is Aaron Rodgers' new tattoo. So if this is the wheel, right? You're Sagittarius, right on the midheaven. That's his sign. He's a Sagittarian sun. I'm going to talk about him on Sunday night, right? So what is this, right? Is this the lion's gate between the two lions? This is a fucking interesting tattoo. This is a very interesting, very deep, very esoteric tattoo. 
So this is this is the guy the NFL has to deal with now. He's got a girlfriend who is clearly like a shamaness. Like he is hooked up with. It's really interesting because now you have you have Aaron Rodgers, <coughs> and then you have Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers is looking more like Jesus with every passing day, and Tom Brady's looking more like a fucking android with every passing day. And Tom Brady, of course, has Giselle Bunchen, who is his witch, right? And Aaron Rodgers has um, his shamaness, Blue. Tom Brady was away from camp for 11 days. 11 days in, in NFL circles, um, it's a big deal to be away from camp for 11 days. Let me see if I can do this. Star page is such a fucking shitty search engine, I'm sorry. All right, so check out Tom Brady here. Check out his face. So we got Aaron Rodgers, who's looking more like Jesus with every passing month. And then you get this. Like, what the fuck is going on with Tom Brady? What is going on here? Is this plastic surgery? Is this a replacement? Is his adrenochrome low? What is going on with this dude? Look at that jaw. Tom Brady is bizarre. So Tom Brady, even though he's Mr. Uh, TB12, and he's got, you know, his um, his whole regimen and everything. Tom Brady is looking more synthetic with every single day. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers shows up in a wife beater at a training camp looking like fucking Nicolas Cage. It's really interesting watching these two quarterbacks, like, fork off, speaking of forking off, into their various directions. I'm sorry it took me so long to get to Aaron Rodgers. I apologize. But you guys always give me great fodder to talk and uh, talk about and, and um, break down. Real quick shout out. Of course, we have to talk about True Hemp Science before the show is over today. It goes by so fast, the show. Um, but let's do a quick little shout out here for True Hemp Science. And True Hemp Science is, of course, the sponsor of the show. And I could not do a day without giving a mention uh, to Chris and his tremendous CBD products who are changing lives, right? They are changing lives. Changed my sleep life. That's for damn sure. So there it is, True Hemp Science. And if you go to truehempscience.com backslash ref backslash 23, you get $100 worth of their fantastic CBD products. Chris will throw you some extra goodies in the mix. And of course, uh, $150 or more gets you free shipping. You support Chris, 
you support the show, you support your health, you support our network, our tribe. That's how it all works. All right. We're almost out of here. God, the time has flown by so fast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up and chat. I promise tomorrow I will I will get to the subject matter as fast as I possibly can. Although it's always interesting to take the side roads when you guys bring them up. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to set up when it's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. You're you. Make choices that are soulful and in your best interest while taking others, if you can and need to, into account. You'll always be in the right place at the right time. Take care and bye for now.